Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, June 7th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. The price of gold popped this week on tariff worries and Fed hopes. In fact, the yellow metal is on track for its best week since March 2018. Gold very nearly pushed past the 1350 mark earlier in the week before consolidating it around 1335. Now, most analysts were saying that the yellow metal was going to trade in this range until the next brouhaha in the news cycle created fresh impetus. Well, we may already have that next brouhaha. I just looked at the jobs report headline, and it wasn't good. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, 75,000 jobs were created in May. Economists were expecting to see job gains of around 177,000. So, yikes. Gold was around 1335 when I started prepping for this podcast, and right now it's at 1344. So, we're seeing quite a bump from the poor jobs numbers. Other than that, there are two major factors driving markets right now. First are the ongoing trade war and now a threat of tariffs on Mexico. And second, we have increasing expectations that the Federal Reserve is going to cut interest rates in the near future. Now, as far as the trade war goes, things are as uncertain as ever when it comes to China. One day, we're making progress, and then the next, Trump is saying, well, we're not ready for a deal. And China just seems to be getting more belligerent. Meanwhile, Mexico and the U.S. held two days of talks on immigration and border control. There seems to be a bit of optimism there. While the White House apparently still intends to impose tariffs on Mexican imports on Monday, reports suggest, quote, significant progress is being made. Of course, Donald Trump is always a wild card with his finger on the Twitter button, so who knows what's really going to happen, right? Regardless, at this point, anticipation about what the Federal Reserve is going to do seems to be the dominant factor pushing markets. In fact, stocks have rallied this week. Wall Street futures were up again this morning, well at least they were until the jobs report, pointing toward a fourth day of stock market gains. In fact, we saw the second biggest two-day gain all year on Tuesday and Wednesday. Now, just late last week, we were in full sell-off mode, so thank you Jerome Powell. Because I think more than anything, the anticipation of more easy money is driving the markets. It's the high before the high. The addict is giddy at the mere prospect of another hit. After Trump came out of left field last week and threatened Mexico with tariffs and the stock market began to tank, Powell came in and indicated he was going to once again try to save the markets. During a speech on Tuesday, Powell made comments widely interpreted to signal a strong chance we'll get a rate cut. The Fed chair dropped the word patient from his vocabulary, saying the central bank would respond as appropriate to the perceived economic impacts of tariffs and other economic data. Fred Governor Lael Brainyard also took a dovish tone in an interview with Yahoo Finance, saying, We'll be prepared to adjust policy to sustain the expansion. Now, the Fed isn't alone in its dovishness. The European Central Bank had meetings this week, and it's heading down the easy money path as well. The ECB announced its easy money exit strategy just one year ago, and it ended quantitative easing just last December. Any plan for tightening is now dead in the water, though. 
Draghi and company left rates unchanged at the most recent meeting, and now the European central bankers are talking rate cuts or perhaps even another round of quantitative easing. The ECB talking about rate cuts is really pretty astounding considering interest rates in the eurozone are already basically at zero. Anyway, the ECB ruled out a rate hike for this year. Several members raised the possibility of further rate cuts. Other members raised the possibility of restarting the asset purchase program or further extension in the forward guidance, Draghi said after a meeting of the bank's policymaking governing council. You know, it's really interesting looking back just six or seven months and considering how much things have changed. As you'll recall, the Fed raised rates in December, and the talk was three or four more hikes this year. Fed balance sheet reduction was on autopilot. And yet here we are today talking about rate cuts. Powell completely reversed course as the stock market tanked late last year, and it worked for a minute. Stocks rallied and everything was all bullish again, and yet here we are. Peter Schiff predicted all of this. In fact, he put a video on his YouTube page as a reminder. I'll put it in our show notes page. Just days before the Federal Reserve met for its December 2018 meeting, Peter appeared on Fox Business and said we were about to see the last interest rate hike. When Peter made this prediction, virtually nobody thought the Fed was about to end its tightening policy. Not only did Peter say that the December hike would be the last, he said the next move would be a rate cut. Fast forward to today. Markets are forecasting an 80% probability of a rate cut this year. So here's what Peter said on December 17th, 2018. He said, I think regardless of what the Fed does on Wednesday, the next thing they are going to do is cut rates. They're going back down to zero, but it's not going to stop the bear market and it's not going to stop the recession. It will probably kickstart inflation into a higher gear. This is what people don't seem to get. The Fed can't keep blowing up bubbles forever. At some point, it's not going to work anymore. At some point, the drug, you can't get enough to get the high. When that happens, we're going to see the inflation. Make no mistake, there is inflation right now, even if it's not showing up in CPI. Money creation, by definition, is inflation. And if you know where to look, you can see the inflation. It's in stock prices. It's in real estate prices, even in the price of art. We have all kinds of asset bubbles. We have historically high levels of debt, consumer debt, corporate debt, government debt. The Fed has created all of this with this easy money drug. The Fed was able to inflate an enormous bubble with QE1, QE2, and QE3, and by keeping rates at zero for as long as it did. But at some point, it's not going to work anymore. There won't be enough air to reflate the bubble. Peter pointed out something I think is pretty interesting. During his comments this week, Powell said that all of this rate cutting and QEing isn't unconventional policy anymore. Now, think about what he's saying. If you had told people even 20 years ago that we would be near 0% interest rates for nearly a decade, they would have slapped you in a straitjacket. And yet here we are. Anyway, according to Powell, this is the new normal. As he put it, it's business as usual. Well, Peter said the reason we didn't have a dollar collapse and inflation didn't take off in the aftermath of the Great Recession was because everybody thought the Fed's monetary policy was temporary. They thought it was an emergency measure, that the central bank would eventually normalize rates, and that it would shrink its balance sheet. 
quoting Peter now, but when the markets realize what they should have realized from the beginning, that this is a permanent expansion of the balance sheet, this is debt monetization, that there is no end in sight, that it's going to be 0% forever, then the bottom is going to drop out of the dollar, and then we're going to get all of the inflation that we should have had, only more. We're talking stagflation here, an inflationary recession. Most people are still oblivious to what's happening, but a lot of central banks appear to be prepping for a dollar collapse. They're at least trying to distance themselves from the greenback. The central bank gold buying spree continued unabated in April. Globally, central bank net purchases of the yellow metal totaled 43 tons. That's an 8% increase month on month. Reported net purchases totaled 207 tons so far in 2019. That ranks as the highest year-to-date increase in gold reserves since central banks became net buyers in 2010. The usual suspects led the pack, Russia and China. Uzbekistan was also a big buyer in April. Meanwhile, two more countries announced that they are going to begin adding to their gold reserves, Serbia and the Philippines. Peter was on RT earlier this week talking about central bank gold buying. He noted that the U.S. went off the gold standard in 1971, but he thinks the world is going to go back on it. As he put it, gold was money in the past and it will be money again in the future, and central banks that are smart enough to read that writing on the wall are increasing their gold reserves now. I want to talk silver for just a minute. I talked about this last week. The silver-gold ratio is still over 89 to 1. This is way out of whack, to use a technical term. Practically speaking, silver is undervalued compared to gold. Now, over the long haul, all things tend to return back to the mean. In other words, it seems almost certain that this gap in the ratio will eventually close. Gold is edging up now. Imagine what will happen when people realize that the recession is really upon us, when the Fed starts doing its thing and we get rising inflation. Gold generally takes silver with it as it rises, so given the undervalued nature of silver, there is tremendous upside for the white metal. In a nutshell, what I'm telling you is we have silver on sale, and right now Shift Gold has an opportunity for you to take advantage of the bargain. For a limited time, you can buy beautiful American Silver Eagle coins at the lowest price in the U.S. This might even be the right time to move some of your gold allocation into silver. You can talk to a Shift Gold precious metal specialist about what moves are right for you. But this opportunity won't last long. The sale ends next Wednesday or when supplies run out. So call 1-888-GOLD-160 today and take advantage of this opportunity. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more. And, of course, keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, you can just subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel, and it'll pop right up in your podcast player. You'll find links on the show notes page. And if you're listening on YouTube... Feel free to share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comment section. We always love to hear from you. Please share all of the things that we're doing here. It helps our reach. And I hope you have a really, really fantastic weekend. That is it for today, and I'll talk to you next week.